Today I'm going to ask and answer the question, when is a church successful? In business, easy to know, you make a profit. In the military, if you're fighting a war, it's when the enemy raises the the white flag, when they surrender. In education, if you're teaching math, it's when they can do the problem, or reading when they can read, or when the students can, can do whatever it is you're trying to teach them to do. It's interesting, though, we're very familiar with these other kinds of organizations, and it's very easy to let the definition of success bleed over from those organizations into church life. The church is unique. There's really nothing like it. Um, but, you know, we do stuff like in business. We have a budget. We do business kind of things. And so it's easy to start defining the success of a church by the ABCs, we'll say. Attendance, buildings, and cash. It's very easy to start looking at it that way. Um, The Bible talks about battles, spiritual battles. And so it's easy to start defining success in the church uh, as winning the battles or we, we teach, I'm teaching now, in church life, and so it, it's tempting to sort of gauge success by people give the right answers when you, when you ask a question about God or something like that. Today, we're going to look at the measures here. This is our vision frame we've been working through. This is the final message in our DNA. And if, if you're, you're new here or you're just trying to figure out what it means to follow Christ, th- this will give you a, a picture of what it means to be a part of a church community and what, what it's all about. Um, how do we gauge success here at Church in the Valley? We've been walking through this vision frame that sort of frames what we're trying to accomplish here at Church in the Valley. We started the first week with mission. We stated our mission as inviting our neighbors to discover Christ through his life-changing community. Um, then we went to values. We looked at our values. And we uh, values, the mission is what we do. Values are why we do it. And we we do... Our mission, because people really matter. And we're motivated to do that because we're guided by Scripture, we act with integrity, and um, we put mission over tradition, and we aim to equip for service. So these are our values that we live out here. And then the next week, the next couple weeks, we looked at our strategy. And strategy is how we do our mission. This is how we intend to accomplish our mission. And it, it's the pattern of behavior that's going to help us realize our dream. So that, that's what a strategy is. We have a dream here. We'd, we'd love to be a church that blesses more and more people as they become a part of what we're doing here. And discovering Christ is key to that. But, We've, we sort of, we developed a map of 
The things we encourage folks to do, places to go in order to grow here in Church in the Valley, um, attending the worship service, serving on a team, connecting in a group or event, and then uh, um, I'm drawing a blank for some reason. Can you guys tell? You can't see it, can you? It's too small. (laughs) Okay, I need a little help here. Um, Plugging into learning environments, last but not least. That's important to get an understanding of what it means to live out Scripture. Um, The top side of our frame, I haven't mentioned this at all, really, but the top side of our frame is measures. Because any organization needs to know how do we gauge when we're fulfilling our purpose? How do we do that? Um, and the interesting thing about church life, it's like no other organization on earth. It has a different nature that God's given it. And it, it's defined in the Bible. If we don't know how God measures success in church life, we, we drift off course. And... This is, what a huge bummer if we don't hit the target God's pointing us at. I mean, what a bummer. And this is hard for me to tell this story. It was for Matt Emmons. Um, he, he was a lock in the 2004 Olympics for winning his second gold medal in the 50-meter rifle com- competition. And... You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the, one of these, but they, they line up on lanes. They're, the lanes are right next to each other. And he, he fired, he only had to hit the target. He didn't even have to hit the bullseye. He just had to hit the target. And he fired the rifle and he hit the bullseye and he waited for the lights to go off. But they didn't go off. Because he had hit the wrong target. He'd hit the bullseye on the target on the lane next to him. That makes me cringe telling the story. I mean, that's a, that is a huge bummer. But I, I can't imagine the disappointment of that. But it, it, for me, as the one who leads this congregation, I'm going to meet God someday. And he's going to hold me accountable for making sure that our church accomplished the purpose he had for the church. Bummer is not a strong enough word for what it would be like if I didn't lead us to accomplish what God has told us to do. So we are careful about how we measure our purpose here in Church in the Valley. And thankfully... The Bible is very clear on our bullseye. It's maturity in Christ. This is, this is our bullseye here. It's easy to measure physical height. You can see the cute little girl. We do this. We mark physical height on the door frame a lot. But it's not easy to measure spiritual maturity. It's, it's very difficult. It's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. I can't see whether you're mature or not just by looking over the crowd. I I can't tell. 
I, I can't see it. I, I can't look at you and know. So it's a difficult thing to measure, but be to, to be successful at doing God's purpose, people must be growing in maturity in Christ. That's, that's the goal. Our ultimate measure is maturity in Christ. Now, let's take a look at another line in my job description. We looked at this passage last week. It's the job description for all church leaders. Let's see what it says about measures. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Those are all the church leaders, pastors, and, and the leaders of the church. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And here, here's the goal. Here, here's the bullseye here. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This passage reveals the nature of the church. It's called the body of Christ. It's very different than any other organization on the face of the earth. The church does business-like things. The church is like an army leading in spiritual battle. And we teach. But at the core, we're the body of Christ. We exist to do His will. To be His people wherever God puts us. And to, to meet the needs and to help folks discover who God is through Jesus Christ. We must pay attention to what God says is the nature of the church or we get way off. We drift way off course. We miss the mark if we don't know what God says about this. Our bullseye is in the last phrase of this passage. To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So if we're going to measure our spiritual maturity we, we look at Jesus Christ. We look at his character. We try to understand who he was and what he was like. Thankfully, we don't have any pictures, so we can't compare, you know, outwardly. You know, well, I'm, I'm a little taller than he was, or, or whatever. But we look at his character. We dive in and we find out it's, it's laid out in the biographies of Jesus, the first four books of the New Testament, it's, it's laid out in um, descriptions of the fruit uh, that his spirit grows in people that follow him. So it's there. But this is why our mission of helping neighbors discover Christ through his life-changing community is so important because when a person discovers and decides to follow Christ, a whole new life opens up with new desires and purpose and meaning. And people become more like Christ in character, in their values. Character is a set of values uh, solidified into a way of life. And we, we choose, as we're going through life, we choose in situation after situation what we're going to make most important. 
So we focus here at Church of the Valley on God's values, what are most important to him. And if we keep choosing those, it becomes a way of life, and life comes together more and more. We get blessed, and the people in our circles get blessed by us, by our lives, as we take on the character of Christ. This is what God designed the church to be. A church community with Christ at the center of it, by God's design, is a major source of growth and maturity. We do our mission because the number one way to bless our family, friends, and neighbors is to help them discover Christ and grow to maturity in him. It it makes life good and meaningful. So on the measure side of our vision frame, we, we aim to define what God says is maturity and we also look at what does God use to grow us toward maturity, and we encourage our crew to do that. You know, we don't actually give the growth. No, no person can give the growth. God makes us grow as we do certain things. Spiritual maturity is measured by Christ-like character, but how do we mature in Christ? How, how, do, how does that happen? What does God use to grow us to maturity in him? We, we can't produce it. We, we can only do the things that God uses to grow maturity in us. God gives a growth. We can't manufacture it. The, in the scriptures, uh, character is defined or described as fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit that grows as we cultivate certain, the, the fruit of the Spirit, as we do what cultivates the fruit of the Spirit. So that's what we can focus on. We, we can encourage the things here in church life that cultivate and catalyze growth. We can't manufacture it. If you go to the places on our strategy map and engage God and his people when you're there, you, you grow and you accomplish our mission. But more specifically, what is it we need to engage in to grow? Or, or better yet, who do we need to focus on as we aim to grow? We encourage you to pay attention to four relational cir- circles. That's, that's what we're aiming to do. Jesus made it clear that love is the major mark of, commu- of maturity. Love. If you want to be like Christ, you love. In John 13, I don't have it in, on the screen. In John 13, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also Love one another. So this is the major mark of maturity because in John, in, in different places, in John 8, in John 13, and in John 15, he gives three marks of maturity or marks of Christian, of a disciple, of a follower of Christ. And the character mark is love. Everything else flows out of that. Love is very, very important. 
Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love God and love people. Command number one, number two. And the word in John 13 that he uses for love is a Greek word, agape. And it means to do what's best for another person regardless of how you feel. That's the kind of love Jesus has for us. There was a point at which, before he went to the cross to die for our sins, to take our place, and to be our substitute for our sins, there was a point at which he didn't feel like going to the cross. He wrestled with that. But out of love, he went anyway. And he gave his life as a ransom for us. So, this is how we're called to love. And... Spiritual maturity is is measured by Christ-like character and agape love is at the heart of his character. So that means that Christian uh, or, or spiritual maturity is experienced as we pay attention to four circles of relationships. And in those circles, we cultivate maturity if we set our hearts to do what God instructs us to do. There's a snapshot in Luke, one of the biographies of Jesus, that shows what happened as he grew up. I, I like I really like what it says about him. Uh, if we follow Christ and pay attention to these circles that we're talking about this morning, we can expect this to happen to us. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. So as as Jesus grew up, he grew in favor with God and men. In other words, he lived in a way that pleased God and fostered goodwill with the people around him because he did what's best for them regardless of how he felt over and over and over again. So this, this is... This is our calling as Christians, as Christ followers. Here at Church in the Valley, we measure success. We use God's measure for it. And we provide encouragement and opportunities to cultivate the four relationships that grow Christ-like character. The first relational circle is God himself. It's a smaller circle. It's just you and God. Uh, but it turns out that it's not just you and God. It's others as well. But God is the number one factor in our lives, whether we are blessed or not. And he wants to know him. He wants us to know him personally. This is an amazing thing. First John or first uh, Corinthians one nine says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord. That, that's, is that amazing? Christ followers are called to fellowship with, with God Himself. The word call in Greek is kaleo. And it, it means to communicate directly with someone at a distance to come. In other words, we're invited into a friendship with God Himself. Now, here's the picture in this passage. 
Kaleo. This is the picture it paints. We're, we're, at a, we're at a gathering, maybe a party. We're in a crowd. And the most important person in the crowd, we're, we're on the other side of the room. They're, hey, hey, come here, come here. I really, I really want to get to know you. I really want to, I want to have a conversation with you. That's the picture that's painted in this passage. God wants us to know him personally. He knows us inside and out. But he invites us to know him personally. The verse, as I said, was originally the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And the word for fellowship is the Greek word koinonia. We talked about this last week. And it means mutual reciprocity. It's the kind of relationship where I know you, you know me, I serve you, you serve me. I, I give to you, you give to me. It's a back and forth, give and receive kind of relationship. God invites us into this kind of relationship. And as we enter into that kind of relationship where we, we get concerned about God, what God wants us to do with our lives and we focus on Him and we give our life back to the one who gave us life to begin with, we really begin to grow in maturity. God is what our life is all about. If we get to know him like this, he, he gives us growth and maturity. Catalysts are important in making surf, surfboards. That may seem like it comes out of the blue, but... We're talking about things that uh, catalyze growth, really, that cultivate growth. And I was into surfing as a teenager. I actually tried to make a surfboard. I, I think it was in junior high. Um, and I learned about catalysts because you, you, you take this foam, they call it a blank, you take this foam and you lay fiberglass over it, and then you pour resin that you have already mixed with a catalyst. And over time, what the catalyst does is it hardens the resin so that you get this glass over the surfboard. That's what catalysts do in our lives. On the web- website, Wiki How to Do Anything, it's part three of the surfboard making process. Pouring the, the catalyst into the resin, it's an agent that hardens the resin and and, and makes the fiberglass hard so it will float and be durable, more durable. Now, I don't remember how my board turned out, which tells you that I probably didn't finish it, which was a character flaw that God's been working on. (laughs) Finish what you start, Randy. Hang in there. (laughs) Keep working at it. But anyway... God uses catalysts to grow us to spiritual maturity. That's, that's our bullseye. But what we can do in church life as church leaders and as church members is we can only do what leads to growth. We can only encourage what leads to growth. 
It's just like planting crops. You know, you, the, the farmer cultivates the soil, plants the seeds, and God gives the growth. He's made, he's designed the system that allows for growth. And that's what we can do in terms of spiritual maturity. We, we can encourage folks to do what catalyzes spiritual growth. Because what God does is he uses certain things to harden his character in us. He takes the, the word of God, he takes the ideas, the principles, the truths there, and he combines them with experience and with being a part of a church community. And he drives those truths into our heart as we walk through life. So here are the catalysts to cultivate fellowship with God. First of all, reading the Bible and praying regularly. This is how God talks to us. Often he tells me, hey, Randy, you need to get back on track. Here's how. That's, that's what he does. Second catalyst, praying daily for God's wisdom and work in my life and for others. Prayer is the way we talk to God. And it, it can be a two, two-way conversation. I ask God questions. You know, praying, praying for wisdom and him to work in my life. I'll take a question. God, what do you want me to do here? If I have a, a couple of weeks or if I have longer than that to make a certain decision, Father, would you give me direction here? Would you show me what's wise to do? And often he arranges things, and I've learned how he speaks. You know, it's not audible, but he nudges me, and he directs me, and it always lines up with his word, and he gives direction. Meeting with the church community at worship and in groups is another catalyst. It stirs us to love and good works. Body parts don't grow if they're separated from a body. Do <laughs> they? I mean, they don't. They shrivel. They, they die. They don't, they don't function. So this is a major way we grow in our relationship with God. And that's the unique thing about church. It's the body of Christ. We need to stay connected. If we're going to grow, if we're going to develop. So meeting with the church community in worship and, and in groups grows our understanding of God and who he is. Doing these things, it doesn't guarantee spiritual maturity. But if you and I engage in them and we connect with God through them and we let him speak to us and begin to work in us, he uses them to catalyze Christ-likeness in us. This is his design. The second circle to cultivate his fellow church members, Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Love is the foundation for building healthy Enjoyable friendships with others. And if you cultivate a personal fellowship with God, he is going to prompt you to love others. He, he's, this is what he's going to be doing as he speaks to you through the scriptures, as you pray, as you get involved in the church community, in worship and in groups. 
the catalyst uh, here is to cultivate friendships in the church body is to treat others the way the Bible commands. This is not natural. <laughs> it takes practice. Um, we, we've summarized the Bible's commands for relationships in the church into what we call heart attitudes. If you do the heart attitudes, your relationships will be healthy on your part as far as you can control. And that's all you can manage. So if you do these hard attitudes, uh, you'll, you, you'll develop right relationships. Um, you can learn more about the hard attitudes in our preview uh, class that we do here if you're interested. But when a person commits to church membership here, part of that commitment is to practice the hard attitudes. When you practice them here, and this is by design, this is what God intends. When you practice these things here, it, it spills over into your family life, into your friendships, with your neighbors, and with your co-workers. And I say practice because nobody does them perfectly. The first four hard attitudes are... Uh, looking out to the interests of others, uh, live an honest and open life, give and receive scriptural correction, and clear up relationships when they're messed up. If you do those, you're laying a foundation for a really good relationship uh, with others. Commit to learn them here, and they spill over into other relationships as you as you try to live out the hard attitudes and admit when you don't god grows you through it he gives growth the third circle to cultivate is the church body as a whole as we team together to strengthen the church body we grow the last part of ephesians 4:16 says when each part is working properly it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love the Bible assumes that Christ followers are connected and contributing to a local church body. As you contribute, you grow, and so does the body. The first four hard attitudes focus on one-to-one relationships. The last three focus on contributing to the church body as a whole. Uh, here are the catalysts that contribute to the church body. Serving in a ministry where I'm needed gets me connected and invested in the mission of the church in a way that helps the church accomplish its mission and me as an individual grow. Giving a regular offering to Church in the Valley is a dynamic way to find out that God is real. As you give, he promises to bless and he promises to reward so learning to support the work financially is bringing our commitment to the Lord to life. Your time is your life. and Your money represents the portion of your life that you gave to earn that money. When you serve and give, God gives back in tangible and intangible ways. And over time, you prove he is real. Cultivating this circle brings growth. The fourth circle of relationships is with our neighbors. 
God's put you in your circle of family, friends, neighbors for a purpose. To be a witness. Romans 10, 13-14 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? When we set out to share Christ with others, we learn about him in a deeper way because we're explaining what he's done in our lives. We grow in conviction. We grow in understanding. It, 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 it's a way that catalyzes our own growth. When we answer questions with friends about what it means to follow Christ, our convictions deepen. So the catalyst, the last catalyst in this circle is praying for and inviting my neighbors to discover Christ and to attend Church in the Valley. These are the things we encourage that develop spiritual maturity in us. Spiritual maturity is measured by Christ-like character. But we can encourage the things that grow it in us. We can't manufacture Christ-like character. It grows like fruit. It's cultivated. Uh, The fruit is cultivated in these four circles of relationships. Our bullseye here at Church of the Valley is maturity in Christ. We grow toward that maturity by paying attention to our relationship with God, fellow church members, the church body as a whole, and our neighbors. I'd like to wrap up by asking you, if you would, to uh, look at, take out your connection card and please take the time to finish filling out the front and on the back you can take some next steps or sign up for some things that are going on. Um, here are some suggestions for next steps today. My next step today is to cultivate one of the four relationships circles. First of all, God himself. The things we talked about that catalyze growth in your relationship to God are reading the Bible and praying regularly, praying daily for God's wisdom and work in my life and for others, and meeting with the church community at worship and in groups. So that might be a a relationship circle that you circle (laughs) there. Um, Another circle is fellow church members. I want to focus on treating others the way the Bible commands. The church body is the third circle. Serving in a ministry where I'm needed. Giving a regular offering to Church in the Valley. Uh, Those are ways to catalyze growth. And as you walk with God and then the the last relationship circle is with neighbors praying for and inviting my neighbors to discover Christ and attend church in the valley. So which one of those circles did God speak to you about this morning? You could circle that one and ask God to help you to grow in that area. And then another step would be attend the next preview that we have here at Church of Valley to learn more about us if you're interested in doing that. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth of your word that guides us. It really shows us uh, how you define success. It, It reveals the purpose for our lives and shows us how, um, 
how we can live a life of meaning and purpose under your guidance. And Father, I, I pray for strength and I pray for the help to do the steps that you've laid on our hearts to do today. We ask for your strength in this and help in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.